Hey everybody, welcome to another podcast of Coffee at the Cross. Hey, you know, I just had something on my heart uh, tonight. I wasn't originally going to go with a show until Thursday night, but you know, when the Lord puts something on your heart, you got to put it out there. So here I am tonight, just wanted to share that with you guys. I'm super excited about what we got uh, in store for tonight. You know, it was something that's been weighing heavy on my heart, as I said. Uh, so before we get started, let's just open up uh, this podcast in prayer. Um, also, as we go throughout the show, uh, as you're watching, if there's anybody that you'd like to have uh, for a prayer request at the end, just a name and just something real brief that they're they're going through, uh, we'll try to go through that prayer list at the end and, and pray for all those people who need it. So, all right, let's open up uh, open up tonight's podcast in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this journey. We thank you for the mountains and the valleys. We thank you for the victories and the struggles. Lord, we thank you for the fight. We thank you for the the blessings and the gifts. And Lord, we just, we're asking for the Holy Spirit to come into this place, into this conversation, into this evening, into, into this revelation that you have for us so that we can be stronger and better for you. So Lord, as we just, as we go about tonight, Lord, we invite you in to wreck us, change us, to just restore us, to give us that solid ground that we that we desperately have been looking for to stand on. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so tonight I wanted to talk about something, uh, and, and that something is solid ground. I, I think coming out of COVID, something that we've all been dealing with is, where where are we? Where are we as a family? Where are we as friends? Where are we as a community? Where are we as a church in this nation? Where are we as people with our government? Where where are we? Do we even know anymore? And and right now we're all looking around for someone to tell us where do we go? What do we do? What do we say? You know, what's next? It's we're we're, we're all confused. We're all a little lost right now and we're just we're just trying to find something to feel like we're standing on solid ground, you know, and, and, you know, I was driving to work this morning and I was listening to, to a sermon from a pastor that I really love to listen to. Uh, and I'll share his name later in, in the show, but he really hit a message that hit home to me. And he was talking about mother's love, what a mother's love is. And I was, I was just thinking, thinking, you know, you know what, you know what we need right now as a country, as a nation, we need to stop looking to our government officials, our leaders, and our news shows for how to fix the world that we're living in and, and start looking at our own home. And the answer and the key to the way out is right there. It, It's, you know, we have to stop looking at Facebook and social media to look for what the majority or like what I like to say instead of social media, the ruling society is trying to say. We need to start looking at what this book, what, what the Bible is telling us is the way through this. And and I love, um, for me personally, I have all, you know, a ton of translations. My wife always teases me because it seems like I have three Bibles in every room, and she gets frustrated sometimes because I leave them scattered all over the place. But I try to tell her, look, I try to leave one in every room, so that way if I need to grab the Word, it's right there to go to. She doesn't buy it, but that's what I'm running with. But this is the way out, sharper than any two-edged sword. This This has all the answers in it. It has all the truth to it, and yet we will spend an hour watching the news for answers we will 
we'll, we'll spend an hour in church waiting for our for our pastors or our preachers or our teachers to give us answers. We, we'll go to men's groups to try and find answers. But the one place that we won't go anymore is in this book. And, and so that's what this podcast is going to be about. It's about finding the our answers in the book and how those answers within the book changed our lives. We're going to have testimonies. I have a brother of mine, a, a, a good close friend of mine, known him for years. Uh, there's some people that have wanted to give their testimonies. So uh, in the next week, uh, hopefully in the next couple of days, I'll, I'll be able to nail down if whether next week or the week after that, he'll be able to come on and give his testimony. He's anxious. Uh, his name is Bobby Dickerson. He, he's here in the area. He has an awesome testimony and I've heard it and I can't wait for you guys to see it. So we need to, we need to go to this book to find the way out. And we need to start talking to each other about how, what is in this book, let us out. And, and, you know, fellowship and family are good and they're essential and, um, they're very important, but they can't be the first thing. You know, family and friends are what are supposed to be our accountability partners that keep us focused in the book. You know, my wife always tells me when I struggle, man, I'm just, I'm really struggling, really struggling. I'm just having a tough day and I just, you know, I need a way out and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm praying to God and I'm just, I'm, I'm meditating. And she, the first thing she says, when was the last time you were in the book? That's her first go-to word, and it gets me every time because the answer should always be today, earlier today, this morning. And if it's first thing in the morning, it should be last night. And I get in those ruts where life gets in the way, and I'm like, you know what? I read the Bible Monday and then Tuesday. You know, I I go to it for some scriptures or some spiritual power bars, or I, I reference it for somebody else or for teaching something, but to sit down and read it for me. Uh, I don't do it enough, and and none of us really do. I mean, I, honestly, how could we? You know, we are in the flesh. We all we are all weak. Uh, we all struggle with things, and you know, we can't read it enough. And and that's the first admission that we all need to to get to. So we need to stop looking to to our government officials. We need to stop looking to the television for answers, and we need to stop looking to social media to see what the the ruling society says is the way out. We need to look at we need to look to the book. We need to stop looking to our churches to fight for us. That's another thing that I wrote down this morning about some problems that I see. We, we show up to church on Sunday morning, and we want our, our pastors to lead the fight. We want our church leaders to lead the fight and go out and change things. But we leave ourselves out of the equation. What can I do? What, what do I need to do to change the world? What, not what can my church do? What, what is our church doing? You know, our church needs to be out there. They need to be serving. They need to be donating. They need to be in the communities and plugged in. The they's have to stop. It needs to be we. We have to be out in the community. I have to be out in the community. I have to be with my brothers and sisters sharing in the word. I, what can I do? What, what do I need to do? Not what can my church do? Because when we have a hundred people sitting, you know, you know, whether in your mega church or in a small church, if you're sitting in a room with a hundred people and a hundred people are looking to the pastor and they're in the church, the building themselves, let's you know, like I, I that the church I pastor at is called Central Worship Center. If a hundred people are sitting there and saying, "What is Central Worship Center doing to change our community right now? What is Central Worship Center doing right now to change the world?" That's the wrong perspective. If a hundred people are sitting in the seats saying, what can I do? Lord, what do I need to do? I am here today so you, to, to find out what it is 
you know, I'm, I'm hoping this church, this church body of family, friends, and my pastor can bring a message today that helps reveal to me what I can do to change the world around me, what I can do to find solid ground, you know, and, and if, like we said, first thing is get in the book. What we're running into right now is when you have a bunch of churches across the nation doing that where they're all showing up looking to their church to change the community and say, what is my church doing instead of what am I doing? You are relying on the churches, and the problem we're having right now is because churches are getting involved in social media, because they're getting involved with views and likes and donations, and and their worship teams become bigger and bigger, and they're on face, and they're traveling, and they're, they're traveling the country doing their worship teams, and sometimes the worship team becomes bigger than the church itself. People, like, you know, and I'm not knocking these churches at all. I'm just using examples. People know who Hillsong is, not because of the church itself, but because of the worship team. People who know who Bethel is, not so much because of the church itself in, in Redding, California, they know it because of the worship team. So there are some worship teams where they become bigger than the church. So we have to stop looking to the churches because sometimes what you're looking at is not the way out. Some of these churches, and I'm not saying these churches are, are one of them, but they're out there. There are churches out there where their pastors become so obsessed with views, likes, followings, and and the money that comes in that they start to leave certain doctrine out of the Bible. You know, there's a pastor out there always referred to, and I'll never mention him by name because if you're out there and you see it on Facebook or YouTube or, or whatever, you're going to notice it for yourself. But there's there's a pastor of a mega church right now where when you're watching the live stream, you won't see a cross anywhere in the background, but you'll see a golden globe spinning and rotating behind him all the time throughout the entire thing. And from time to time, they pan from him who's preaching to this stadium full of people. That should never be the focus of the message is look at my 5,000 people here to worship me in this building. It should never be the people. You should never see the people in, in a sermon. It should be the speaker, the pastor, the you know, and, and when it comes time for altar call, you should, you should never see the people at the altar. That's personal time between them and God. But they focus on these things to lift themselves up and say, watch us over this and watch us over that. And they lose doctrine when they do that because then they start to worry about who they're not getting instead of instead of just getting the word out and not and focusing on the numbers. So that becomes dangerous. The other thing is they're actively diminishing the glory of Christ. Because, you know, I was talking in children's church this week. We one of the things we're we're emphasizing in our, our children's church this summer is serving. And we're in our children's church ranges from kids from five all the way up to thirteen years old. And we have church, we have youth leaders in that group that are 13 to 18 that sit and just kind of big brothers and sisters. And one of the things we're emphasizing is serving. And I, I was today, or this past Sunday, we, we made snow cones outside during the sermon while they were inside receiving the message. The kids were all outside setting up tables. And as they came out after service, the kids served the church because it was a hot day. It's in the, in the 90s. And so I'm sure somewhere wherever you're at, it's just as hot. They got to serve the people of the church, snow cones, as they were coming out. And you should have seen the look on their face to be able to serve, to be a part of ministry, to do something. To them, they, to them, they were like the, 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 the pastor, you know, up on the stage or, or the worship, whoever it is when they come in on Sunday and say, I wish I had the courage to be that because I, w- I feel like they can do something for God that I can't. 
and I really want to feel like I'm doing something for God. They felt that just by serving and delivering snow cones. So long story short, before we went out there, I just said, you know, Jesus Christ didn't come to be served, but to serve. And I said, you know, Jesus Christ was the king of all kings. He's the king of men. But when he came, people wanted him to rule the world. And what do we think of when we think of kings? And the kids would raise their hands. And, you know, one kid raised their hand and said, a crown. I said, yeah, a golden crown. Yeah, that, that's something that reminds us of who a king is. And another kid raised their hand and said, a castle, a big house. I was like, yep. That's something that we think of kings. They like to have big castles and big houses and, and fancy clothes and robes and all that stuff. I said, exactly. That's what we think of when we see a king, but yet Jesus Christ was the king of all kings. He, he stepped out of heaven, and he emptied himself out of all the, glor- the glorious things and the wonderful and perfect things that he was, or perfect thing that he was, perfect entity, the perfect being. He stepped out of heaven and, and left some of that perfection and, and left it outside and came down and, and became flesh, and he filled himself up with weakness you know, Jesus, it tells us in the Bible that he that he struggled, he was tired. He, you know, he went into the wilderness to pray a lot because he was weakened and frustrated at times. You know, he was hungry. You know, when he was tested in the wilderness for 40 days, you know, he was hungry. He fasted. You know, it, when he was in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane, I always trip when I start to say that, but when he was in the garden before being arrested after the final supper, he was praying to the point where he was bleeding, sweating blood and, and sheer exhaustion where an angel had to come down from heaven and give him strength for what was about to happen, the crucifixion resurrection. That's who he was. He was perfect, and he came down, and rather when he came... We would think, okay, if I'm going to be king, I want people to know who I am because, like the kid said, the the big golden crown and the fancy robes and the big house. I want people to know that I'm a king. But yet when Jesus came, he didn't do any of that. He didn't come down to be an emperor. He didn't come down as the emperor's child. He didn't come down as a president's uh, or a president's child or, you know, he, he came into the world in pure poverty. He was born in a in a in a structure meant a manger meant for animals and hay, and he was surrounded by nothing that would that would re- resemble anything close to being a king that is born. The world tried to hand him a crown. He refused it. The world tried to give him, the, the Jews wanted him to have a big castle. He refused it. They wanted him to have all these things to represent them as a king and conquer the world. He refused it all. He didn't want the golden crown. He didn't want the fancy clothes. He didn't want the big home or castle. He wanted none of it. He dressed himself up in everything that we would look down on. And he changed the world with dusty sandals and a tattered robe. He didn't have a Facebook. He didn't have a cell phone. He didn't have a car. He didn't have a fancy jetliner to travel the country. He didn't have a mega church. He simply went about the world as he was in the flesh with all of the weaknesses that we have to endure. But yet he never gave in to sin. He never once gave in to sin. He never put that on. He conquered it all in the flesh. Because he knew where he he knew of the promises. He he knew what we sometimes wish and we sometimes we feel we know who God is, but from a distance, 
it's easy for us to to lose hope because we don't see it. You know, like Thomas, blessed are those who 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 believe and and don't see. Sometimes we have to see the holes in in Christ's hands. Sometimes we have to see. Sometimes we have to be like Paul and have Jesus appear on the road to Damascus before us to change our lives or to remind us of what we're fighting for. So we lose hope because we don't have those things and they're they're far off. And when we do that, we forget the glory of Christ. Christ suffered like we do. He endured the things we endured, and he was victorious because he knew of the promises. He came from there. He came down from there. He knew the Father. He knew what heaven was. He was there. He left to come to, to endure and share in, in sufferings with us. It says the Bible wants him to share in his sufferings, and he shared our sufferings. He, he put them on, and yet he never failed. So when our churches are out there and we start leaving some of the words out because we don't want to offend certain people and we're dependent on the church for what it is that we're supposed to be, where we're supposed to go, what our purpose in life is, when we do that, we're losing some of that. We're losing some of this. And when we lose some of this and we start walking around as Christians, but yet we don't know what's in this book and we don't know what the actual promises are and what this book says we are to be and how we are to be and how we are to walk and how we are to overcome, how we are supposed to handle adversity, trials, and fire, you know, the shield of faith. You know, God gave us the shield of faith because he knew the fiery darts were going to come. He knew they would be thrown our way. God knew all the stuff that was coming our way, and he prepared us and he armed us. But when we start leaving things out because we don't want to offend people and, and we're afraid of losing people in the seats because the message is too strong or too offensive, we, we are diminishing the glory of Christ. So we got to get away from that. So how do we get back? That's what tonight is. That's what this tonight's message is all about. How do we get back to that? It's our home. Our home is where we start. We have to stop looking outward and say, you know what, the world out there has got to start changing so my home, my children can grow up right, so my children aren't exposed to all these terrible things. Our home is actually where we start. We are the stone that is being thrown that should be thrown into the still pond and the ripple that goes outward. Instead of waiting for the ripple to come to us, we are to send the ripple outward from our homes. How do we know if our home is that place now? Ask yourself this. Is your house a home or is it a house full of people? Are you bound together tightly? Is there love throughout the house? Is there understanding throughout the house? And what I mean by understanding is not understanding that that someone in your home is in sin. So just, you know what, they're in a battle, so go ahead. No, understanding is is understanding that they're in sin, but I love you anyway. I will fight for you anyway. 
just because you were embattled in sin does not mean I let you go and give you up and surrender to you, surrender you to that sin. It means that I will fight for you like that sin. What kind of fight am I talking about? I'm talking about a mother's love kind of fight. You know, recently, I'm just going to be completely transparent. You know, as a pastor, you think sometimes as a pastor that that is the house where everything goes right. Everything goes perfect. They got it all figured out. They know what's in the Bible. They know how to how to handle adversity and how to handle fires. And you know what? They can overcome it all. They, they're, they're more connected with God than I am kind of thing. And that could not be farther from the truth. We endure and struggle and fight and have to dig out of these holes just as much as anybody else. Sometimes more because as a pastor, you're, you're, you're the shepherd. And what's the easiest way to disperse a flock? You take out the shepherd. You bring the shepherd down. You wound the shepherd. So it's a mother's love, a mother's love. And like I said, our family had to go through some adversity where, you know, the enemy attacked our house and we were, we were enduring things. And if the, enemy, if the devil had his way, then our children and our family would have been ripped apart through this adversity. But it took a mother's love to bring us back together. A mother's love, she fought she fought so hard. She so, fought so hard to hold on to something. And, you know, it was a mother's love that sometimes a mother's love is really tough and a mother really fights. And sometimes it's too much for the person to bear. And sometimes things happen, but a mother's love is that unrelenting love that no matter what happens, whatever the circumstance led to, whatever mistakes were made in the moment, instead of the the family splitting apart forever, that mother's love brings everybody back together. Uh, you know, to see a mother crying day in and day out, and not because they're angry at, at, at a child or a husband or or a mother or a father or a brother or sister, but because they cry because they hurt. They cry because they want the best for somebody. They cry because they fight and they fight and they fight. And when people run, it wounds them. And no matter what they do, no matter what sin it is, a mother fights, fights for that child and never lets go. It, you know, when the world is ready to cast that person away, that their mother never stops fighting. A mother never stops fighting. A mother would gladly, you see it all the time. If you go on YouTube, just, just Google a mother, a, a mother fighting for her child to protect her child. They're everywhere to see a mother stand in the in between danger and their child, to gladly put themselves in a place where they would give up their life for their child. That's what it's going to take to get to get us back. We have to start fighting for God the way a mother fights for her child. You see, God gave us this gift of a mother's love so we could understand. You know, it's it's hard for us to understand what God's love is and how he could truly love us with all the struggles and the, and the battles that we have to endure. And sometimes we feel like he fors- he's forsaken us when really he hasn't. He's trying to show us what strength is. He's trying to show us what victory is. How could you possibly know what victory feels like if you haven't lost, if you haven't had to fight your way through? How could you truly know how strong your legs are if you've never had to fight waves on a beach and to fight your way back and to to go against the tide and to push? How can you truly know how strong you are unless you felt some kind of resistance to know what you're capable of? 
a mother's love is a gift from God to show us what we're capable of. You see it. It is tangible. You can see a mother's fight for her child throughout their life, raising them when they're in danger, when they're hurting themselves, when they're lost, when they when they fall to sin and the world lets them go, how a mother refuses to let go of that child and fights for them, even when the child doesn't want it, even if the child doesn't need it. And trust me, there's no time that a mother, that a child doesn't need it, but sometimes the child thinks they don't need it. I've been there. I've been that person where I felt like I didn't need anybody to fight for me. That's how we get back, is a a mother's love. It's in our home. So the first thing you need to do to, to evaluate where you are in this is ask yourself again, is this, am I in a home or am I in a house full of people? If you can say you're in a home, you're, you've already laid that first block. If you're in a house full of people, that means you need to, to get grounded in the word and know what God's love is and fight for your children to fight for him. We have to start farming again. That's another thing I, I wrote down this morning. Our home is the land. And what is farming? You know, my wife and I, we live in Delaware. I used to live in Detroit, in a, you know, in the outskirts of Detroit, in a city, in the suburbs. And it was bustling, and it was moving, and there was traffic lights everywhere, and it just got too busy, and we, you know, we moved to Delaware for a slower pace. Uh, I just needed to kind of get somewhere where life was a little slower, so I could heal from some wounds uh, and some battles that I was dealing with. And out here, there's farmland everywhere, and every morning I wake up and drive to work, you see farmers out there. From before I even leave, they're already out there. Before the sun comes up. They're out there, and when the sun comes down, they're still out there, and they work, and they work, and they grind, and you see it firsthand. They never give up, and 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 you know who the farmers are. You can see it just by the you know they're you know in the summer they're no matter how dark their hair is, it's it's blonde or white by the end of summer, and their skin you know no matter no matter how it, it, the the skin it, the sunburn the tans you name it you know who the farmers are. You see the work that they put in and how much work is required, and they have to do it for so long to receive a harvest. We have to start fighting for our home to be a home under God, the way farmers grind and work to get that harvest. You just don't do it in a day. It takes continuous work. If a farmer just went out for one day and put in one good day, one hard day's work, and left it alone and planted the seeds and just let Mother Nature handle all of that, no, 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 no. God will not allow you to reap that to, to reap what you sow unless you put the work in. That's how crops grow. You have to water it daily. You have to nurture it. You have to feed it daily. And that's that's how it happens. That's how it works. So that's what we do. That's what we have to do. We have to to start farming and working like farmers do on the land in our home. We need to get deeper into the truth and, and into the ways of God by reading the book. Let your family members see you reading the book. Let your let your children see where you go to for strength every day. Let them see because when the world is coming down and the stress and they see it and, and all the enemy is attacking them, they look to mom and dad all the time for how they handle situations. So when they look at something that they could see is that should surely just stress mom out or stress dad out 
or how are they handling the, I just, they know what's sometimes kids just know what's going on in the house, no matter how much you try to hide it from them. When they know there's a battle going on in the house and they see you in the book, in the word, they see you praying, they see you worshiping, they know who you go to for strength. And no matter how many times and, and, and no matter what path they take in life, no matter what they try to seek out in life for a way out of that problem, it will fail every single time unless it's God, unless it's faith. People just let people down. It's who it is. We're, we're in the flesh. We make mistakes. Nobody's perfect. We all force, we all, you know, we all fall short of the glory of God. We're all sinners. We have to get back in the book and we have to have our children. We have to get to a place where our children see that God comes first before everything. Anything in our lives that moves us away from loving Christ and loving others is to be viewed as suspect and diversionary. That's a big word, diversionary, because it's a diversion. It's trying to take your eyes off of God. It's trying to take your eyes off the path that he has before you and the work that must be done in order to receive what God has for you. That's how we get that mother's love. That's how we understand what a mother's love is. We look at our moms and the way they fight for their kids. We fight for God the way our mother fights for a way a mother fights for her kids. And you start seeing God bestow all these wonderful blessings on you, even in the hardships. All of a sudden, the valleys aren't problems. You don't look at them as like, oh, I'm being punished. Uh, I, all these things are coming against me. God doesn't love me. I'm just cursed. I'm just, you know, it, I'm just not meant to be something special like everybody else. No, no, no. You don't see those things anymore. Everything that comes your way, you're now seeing, uh-oh, God's get ready to do something. He's get ready to use me for a victory. He's get ready to use me for a victory. Here, let's let's bring it on. I'm going to conquer this thing, and I'm going to show all those that are watching me who God really is and what God can really do. You you flip things in your mind. like the, And it says, you know, but Paul was always big on that. You have to go through a renewing of your mind. You have to start looking at things instead of thinking as curses, as blessings, you know. Prayer requests are supposed to be blessings, you know. They're, they're praise reports. Why? Because prayer requests are showing us that God is doing something and God is get, doing something in their life and God is getting ready to do something. He's getting ready to move in a way that other people can see what he's doing in their lives. We don't... We also have to be, I want to close out with this tonight. We have to stop thinking that we're fooling God. You know, we're, you know, some of us actually think we can fool him. We can actually think, you know what, I'm not going to read the Bible today. I'm not going to read the Bible at all this week, but I'm going to go to Sunday, church on Sunday, and I'm going to, go, and I'm going to love on my, my family, my church members, and my friends, but I'm not going to do any work. I'm not going to try and seek out God's love this week. I'm not, trying to un, I'm not going to try to understand him any better. I'm not going to try to ask questions about him. You know, sometimes you don't even, you know, sometimes when you want to know God better, and the Bible can be hard to understand sometimes. Ask questions with somebody. Have a conversation with someone about who God is. Try to understand him better. But when we don't do those things and we show up on Sunday and we, we stand in there and we worship, but then we, we spend Monday through Saturday just doing our thing and we don't try to dig any deeper, we don't try to understand any better, we don't try to love any better, we, you don't realize it, but that action is saying, you know what, I'm going to fool you, God, because I'm not going to do all these things that the book tells me to do. But I'm, I'm fooling myself is what I'm doing. We're fooling ourselves by doing that. 
and understand this, God uses all of us. God uses all of us. He'll use you if you're in the word and you're and you're ready and you're willing and you're you have the gift of foresight and he'll use you if you're not in the book. But you're you know, if you're just if you're going through <clears throat> going through the motions and you're just putting everything on, if you're just going through life right now, and you're just going to church, but you're not walking in Christ, and you're not trying to live for Christ, and you're not trying to understand Christ, and you're not trying to share Christ with anybody, you're fooling God. You think you're fooling God because you're, you're trying to tell him, I am your child, and I am a Christian, and I am with you. But God is looking down at you and saying, I can see what you're doing, and you're not with me. Because if you really were with me, you wouldn't just show up on sun on Sunday and stand there and worship and listen to the songs and listen to the sermon and then go home and then just sit there and put your hand on your your face in your hand and say, What is happening with my children? I don't understand. What is happening in my home? I don't understand. Why is this happening in my community? I don't understand. You can do everything you can think of to try and fool God by what you dress yourself up as. But you got to stop looking at what you see in the mirror. You need to start looking at yourself through God's eyes, and it's very easy. You go to church on Sunday. You wear the right clothes. You say the right things. But God looks down at you and says, you know what? You went to church on Sunday. I saw you with your hands up as you were worshiping. I saw you shaking hands and loving on, on my other children in church on Sunday. But how many times... Did you pray for those people you're truly worried about? If you really love them, you would have prayed for them. If you really love them, you would pray for them every day. If you really love them, you would try to find ways in this book right here to lead them out. If you really love them, you would pray. You would pray. If you really love them when you heard that worship song, I'm just getting a little emotional here because I heard a worship song this morning that just made me think of some stuff in my life. And I was, I immediately just thought of my kids and how blessed I was for the family that I have and the, the battles I've had to fight getting here. If you really love them when you, when you worship, God knows your heart, he knows your mind, and he knows where you go. And sometimes you don't even have to say the words in prayer. He knows your heart. He knows what you're thinking about. He knows what you're really worried about. He knows what you're really concerned about. So when you're worshiping where your heart and your mind goes, that's a prayer. So we have to start praying for people more often. We have to start praying for our children. We need to start praying for our parents. We need to start praying for our pe- the, our friends and family out there. We need to start praying for our churches. We need to start praying for the people who aren't in a church. We need to start praying for the people that are battling addictions right now. We need to start praying for people that are just making decisions that you know in your heart are not the right decisions. You can't force them to make the right things, but you can pray for them on their behalf. God sees that, and God is looking for people to use to show the world what he's capable of. But he's looking around saying, who's going to pray for somebody so I can do something? I want to do something, but I'm not going to do something just for the sake of doing something. If I'm going to do something, I want people to look at what I'm doing and see it to know who I am and what my son, who my son is and why we did what we did. 
why heaven is a better place than this place why we have to why we have to fight the way we have to fight why we have to fight so hard for the people that we love why we have to fight so hard for the world we want to live in he wants to show all of those things and the only thing he does every single day is look around and say who is praying for someone so i could go do something i want to do it i want to get out there i want to i want to show the people what i can do God ain't going to do it just for the sake of doing it. He wants you to get involved. He wants you to be a part of it. So we have to start praying for people. We have to start loving each other and fighting for each other the way a mother fights for her child when danger is near. A way a mother fights for a child when the child strays. A way a mother fights for a child when they're, like I said, they're deep and battled in sin and addiction and whatever it is, the mistakes they're doing, that the world says, you know what, don't come around here. We don't need that stuff around here. A mother never gives up. A mother never stops fighting. No matter what they do, no matter how many times they fail, no matter how many times they fall, a mother never, never, never stops fighting for their child. And we need to start fighting for Christ the way a mom fights for her child. And if you just want to just evaluate where you are in life right now, am I doing enough for God today? Ask yourself, did I fight for him the way my mother fights for me? Did I protect my friends and family the way my father would protect me? Did I do those things for Christ the way my family fights for me? That's what we got to get back to. I just want to read these scriptures with you real quick. It says in Ephesians 5, it says in verse 22, For wives, this means being devoted to your husbands like you are tenderly devoted to our Lord, for the husband provides leadership for the wife. Just as Christ provides leadership for his church, as the Savior and reviver of the body, in the same way the church is devoted to Christ, let the wives be devoted to their husbands in everything. And to the husbands, you are to demonstrate love for your wives the same way tender devotion that Christ demonstrated to us, his bride, for he died for us, sacrificing himself to make us holy and pure, cleansing us through the showering of the pure water of the word of God. All that he does in us is designed to make us mature, a mature church for his church for his pleasure until we become a source of praise to him, glorious and radiant, beautiful and holy, without fault or flaw. We have to start fighting for each other the way our, our mother fights for his child, for her child, and we need to start protecting each other the way a father protects his family. And we need to start loving our husbands and wives. We need to start loving each other this way and letting our children see it to know that, you know what? They are one unit under God. They are a unit together. Let your children see you two love each other because that's how they're going to learn to love others. Parents are the gift God gave we love them. We love them so much. We love our, you know, for those who have grandkids, that kind of love. They, the love that they have for grandkids. Sometimes, you know, I heard someone say about grandkids the other day, you know what, I love my grandkids. And if I knew that I had loved my grandkids this much, that I would love them this much, I'd have had them first. 
That's the kind of love we need to start having for each other, to fight for each other, to pray for each other like that. I'm going to leave you with this scripture. I want you guys to pray on the scripture right here. Ephesians 10 tells us, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved the most important truths for last. Be supernaturally infused with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. So that's what I'm leaving you with. That's what was on my heart today. A mother's love. A father's protective heart. A father's courage to protect. And a mother's fight that she has for her child. We need to have that and remember that and compare that when we ask ourselves, where am I in Christ? We want to fix the world. We have to stop looking out at the world to our to our politicians, to our churches, to our governments, to 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 like we said earlier, Facebook and social media, the ruling society. We have to stop looking for to them for what solid ground is. We have to start looking to the book, to the word of God. We have to start looking to our home. We start fixing our homes. And it doesn't matter what's going on in the world today. We have a, you have a loving mother and a loving father and a home raising loving children under Christ. And that's all that matters. You go to the beach, you have God in your heart. It doesn't matter what comes your way. God's got this. Your kids are raised upright. And then whatever comes their way as they're adults and they go on and they have family and they have children. And, and you get to enjoy your grandchildren through them. It, it just ripples out. That's how we change things. We have to start start with our home. Raise your family under Christ better. We have to be tougher in Christ. We have to hold on to the word. We have to start recognizing how strong a mother's love is for their child. And we have to start walking that way for our family in Christ. Okay, if there's any prayer requests, if you want to put anything in the chat room right now uh, for us, if there's anybody you want uh, us to pray for tonight, uh, also in the next couple of days I'll go back to this in the comment section if you watch this later. Uh, if you weren't able to catch it live and you're watching this as a recording, put those prayer requests in there and uh, I'll pray for them and also I'll write their names down and we'll lead off. Uh, the next uh, Coffee at the Cross live podcast with those prayer requests. So uh, just on that, um, um, thank you so much for John Foote and Taylor. I love you, kiddo. Uh, one of my favorite young warriors for Christ. She's going to be on our show. She's wanted. She's going to be coming on, Taylor Willie. She's going to be giving her testimony and what it's like to be uh, a teenager. She's now passed on from co- from high school. She's going on to college. She is very strong in the faith, so proud of her. She really walks out uh, her life in Christ. When I you look at her, you see someone who has their feet firmly planted in Christ, and she has her, her life in front of her, and she's going to take the whole world by storm. I firmly believe that, and I can't wait for her to share her story with you guys uh, on, on this show. Uh, in fact, she just put out something on there, so uh, we are going to, to pray for Taylor tonight. Uh we're going to pray for her, for her future, with her education, so all goes well. Uh, she's been she's been very nervous. She's getting ready to start with her scholarships and, and, and with her work and trying to balance life and education and her faith. And, and uh, 
and all those wonderful things. But you know what? It She's got nothing to worry about. She's got such a fighter's heart, and she's got God in her heart, and God's got this. He sees her, and he sees her fight. There's no way he moves on with his plan for the world and leaves this this lady out of it. There's no way. You, you argue with me and try to find me a reason why it's not going to happen. I, I dare you. All right, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for all the things that you're doing. Lord, we just thank you for the battles. We thank you for your word tonight. We thank you for the encouragement. Lord, we thank you for reaching out to us tonight so we can share what it's like and what you want from us to fight for you the way a mother fights for her child, to protect each other from the enemy and keep each other pointed in the word of God the way a father protects their family. We have to be leaders. We have to be fighters for you, Lord, and we thank you for that. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that that intercedes for us in our weaknesses. We thank you for all these things. Lord, Heavenly Father, we pray for Taylor tonight as she's getting ready to start a new journey in her life. She stepped out from childhood, and she's going out into adulthood, and she's she's held on to her face. She's not letting it go. She's digging deeper. She's she's trying to 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 plant to to for her roots to grow firmly in in you lord so as she starts her next journey in education to to find a way to be plugged into the world to provide for herself and her future family lord we just ask that you cover her completely with the holy spirit to empower her to intercede for her when she's weak when she's tired when she's frustrated when she feels lost when she feels struggling when she feels hurt when she feels sad when she feels happy, Lord, we're asking for the Holy Spirit to empower and lead her, to guide her. We're asking all the angels that you could spare to walk with her on her journey. Just as Christ did it, as your son did in the garden, you sent an angel down to restore him for the journey ahead. We're asking the same for Taylor. Lord, we're asking for all those people that were watching tonight that had the prayer request that just didn't have the courage or the strength or for whatever reason, couldn't put it out there, Lord. You know what's going on in their hearts and their minds, Lord. We're asking you to ease that by comforting them through the journey, through the struggle, through the battles, to be with all those who are watching, all those who see this message, Lord, just be with them. Comfort them, guide them. Let our eyes be your eyes. Let our hearts be your hearts. Let our hands be your hands. Let our feet be your feet so that we can walk and seek out those who need us to reach. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. We're going to have another show. I'm still going to plan on doing a show Thursday. This was something that kind of just came out of the moment. I didn't even have time to promote this. And so, of course, there wasn't a whole lot of viewers tonight because I didn't really tell anybody I was going to do this or put something on my heart. Looked at my wife said, I'm going on. I'm going live. Got to get my hair did because let me tell you something. It was it was a sight before I got on here. So thank you so much. Amen. I love you guys. Uh Show, share this show with somebody. Man, I'm telling you, this is going to be a great... Lord has really put this on my heart. A lot of people need to see this. and A lot of people need to gather and go to a place where we can share in the Word. We're going to have guests that come on that you get ask questions to. Uh, just talking about God and just giving a place for people to express their fears, their anxieties, who they go to for strength, what they need, what they battle, what they face. People need reassurances. They need confirmation and affirmation of who God is, and we do that together. We're accountability partners from left to right, friends and family from our church to our work to our schools to our homes. So thank you so much. Share. Get the word out. This show is out here. Finally getting it started. Got my studio finally set up. No more excuses. I got no more reasons to run 
I'm out here. I'm putting this show in your guys' hands. It's scary. It's crazy. It's nervous. But you know what? God's got this, and I'm trusting him with this. So I'm handing it over to him so all of us can enjoy this together. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for watching. Share and share the word. Thursday night, 8 o'clock, we're going to have another show. I am so excited. So peace out. Love you all. Thank you so much. Have a blessed week. Thank you. Love you guys. I love you guys so much. So much.